0: Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last days prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The recent events in the Middle East are just more evidence for how close we are to the return of our Saviour. In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. will offer us a biblical perspective and help us see the trajectory that our world is on. It's vital that you're ready and waiting because Jesus is coming soon. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 5th, 2020.
1: Isaiah 17, And Daniel 9, 27, let me just kind of give you a thumbnail sketch so that we can fill in some of the blanks. Ezekiel 38 is a very detailed prophecy about this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm. Libya is involved, uh, and Sudan, not the Sudan necessarily by way of the borders that we know today, but by their ancient names, they are listed as allying with Russia, Iran, and Turkey, and invading Israel for the sole purpose of taking what Israel has. What does Israel have? Oh, lots of natural gas, lots of oil, and lots of gold, too, by the way. And, oh, by the way, (laughs) Israel is very prosperous. They have technology that is the envy of the entire world. You know they can make drinkable water out of air? Yeah, water. By the way, water in the Middle East, that's a thing. That's a thing. So they're going to ally together and invade Israel from the north. Very specific, and again, the details in Ezekiel 30, you know what I did this morning before I came, is I read Ezekiel 38 and 39 again. And even, I know that you know this about God's Word, but it's like every time you read a passage in God's Word, it just comes alive. That's because God's Word is active and alive. Sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, I'm looking at these details, and I'm going, oh my goodness, oh my You know, the the common denominator with both Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39 is that God will declare that He Himself is God. In other words, no nation comes to the aid of Israel when this invasion takes place. And God will deal them a swift and devastating defeat some believe within a period less than 24 hours when Russia and Iran and Turkey et al, all come from the north. You know where they're going to come from, right? Syria. Syria. That's Isaiah 17.1. Again, for the benefit of those for whom Bible prophecy is somewhat new, Isaiah 17.1 is a prophecy about the complete destruction of Damascus, Syria so much so that it is uninhabitable. is brought to a ruinous heap. Do you know that as we speak, Russia, Iran, and Turkey are in Syria. This Soleimani was in Syria. He was controlling everything there along with, and make no mistake about it, one Vladimir Putin. This is Ezekiel 38. I mean, if this is not Ezekiel 38, I don't know what is. So they come from the north vis-a-vis Syria to take what Israel has. And then God, as only He can, will Himself defeat this alliance of nations. Now, I'm going to suggest, I guess for lack of a better word, a plausible scenario, one for which I am not dogmatic about, but it's becoming increasingly more convincing that this is how it's going to go down. So please hear me out. It is my belief that after this Ezekiel 38 invasion happens, and this alliance of nations is defeated, which I believe comes subsequent to Isaiah 17.1 being fulfilled, which is the destruction of Damascus. I see that as a catalyst prophecy. And so Ezekiel 38 will be fulfilled. I am personally of the belief that there will be such devastation. And by the way, again, talking about the details in Ezekiel 38, there's also going to be a great earthquake, which could have the propensity to change the topography of the area there, particularly in Jerusalem, specifically on the Temple Mount, where the Dome of the Rock is, which some believe is the site of where the Temple was and the Holy of Holies. Now there's much debate on whether it was exactly there or is it in the other side, on the other side. Some of you have been there with us when we've gone to Israel. I don't want to get into that. That's another topic for another time. So there would seem to be this devastation and this change in the topography of the area, and the whole world will be so stunned by what has happened, and they will know that it was God, because there's no way Israel, this tiny little nation about the size of New Jersey, could have defeated Russia, Iran, Turkey, and then from the south, the other nations that allied together with them. There's no way. There's no explanation. The only explanation, and God declares it, is that it was I who did this. I am the Lord, your God. Throughout the Old Testament, it's replete, where God declares to Israel, I am the Lord, your God. I put the emphasis on I because they are not your God. That is not your God. I am the Lord, your God, that delivered you out of Egypt. So just picture the scene with me. The Ezekiel 38 alliance of nations invades Israel. They're defeated. In in chapter 39, we we don't talk much about this. I'm really careful with this one because I know that some have taken that verse. I think it's verse 9 of Ezekiel uh, Ezekiel 39 verse 9 says that Israel will burn for seven years the weapons after this alliance of nations is defeated. And some have uh, from that assumed that it was talking about the seven-year tribulation. Now that's uh, totally speculation, but it is possible, I suppose. So now picture the scene with me. Here's just this utter devastation. And the whole world is, wh- what just happened? What just happened? And here's Israel still standing, and the mighty Russia, the threatening Iran, and the, the nations like Turkey, they have all come against Israel, and they have been defeated by the God of Israel, And the whole world, I believe, at this point, will scream for a leader to bring peace, peace and security. They will beg a leader to come on the scene, and I believe at this point Daniel 9.27 will be fulfilled. And again, for those of you that are uh, new to bible prophecy Daniel 9:27 is another very detailed prophecy about this leader the antichrist this this seven year peace agreement that he will make and at the midpoint he will demand to be worshiped in the newly rebuilt temple which i have always believed will be part of any peace agreement Israel will do anything if they can get their temple And so I believe that the Antichrist will present this option and say, hey, you can have your temple, but we have to have peace. And the whole world will hail Him as the Savior. I don't want to get too far off into that, but I want to say all of that to say this. We have been talking about these prophecies, specifically Ezekiel 38, more so over the last year, really the last two years, it seems like almost every week we're talking about this specific prophecy. And I have to confess to you, I was just thinking about this this last week as I'm watching all of this develop. I've always believed it would be fast, but I have to confess that I didn't really think it would be this fast. Things are moving very fast. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, what I'm saying is that in all the years that I've studied and taught Bible prophecy, I've never seen anything like this before. Are you saying that this is it? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You asked that question, right? I'll answer it this way. I don't think it's not it. Let me explain. Is this it? Is this is this Ezekiel 38? Because you understand that if this is it, then the rapture is imminent. I mean, at any time, because the rapture of the church has to happen prior to the seven-year tribulation. It has to. That's not a Theory. It's a doctrine. It's a sound doctrine. I think it was 2011. I did a seven uh, uh, series, seven-week series on why the rapture of the church has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. So, if the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation, and we're seeing everything that will ultimately be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation come to pass now, then I would argue that, yes, this is it. And let me take it just one step further and say, I cannot see a scenario where all of a sudden the pause button is pushed and there's kind of a, you know, where we wake up tomorrow morning, and we go on our news feed, and the report is that Iran is very sorry that they threatened the U.S., and they're going to pull out of Syria. Russia's going to pull out of Syria. We're not interested in the oil and the natural gas in Israel. So uh, sorry, our bad. Uh, Let's just have a group hug. I know, again, a very silly way to say it, but can you imagine a scenario where I mean, there's, there's this unstoppable momentum. I, I just cannot see a scenario with as fast as everything is happening, I cannot imagine a scenario where all of a sudden things are just going to start slowing down. I think it's going to speed up. You know, I made a comment after President Trump was elected. Boy, <laughs> has this been an interesting three years. Um, but I, I made this comment uh, in a prophecy update. I said, the, the election of Donald Trump as the president of the United States of America will speed up Bible prophecy. And I, what I didn't know at the time was, I mean, I, I knew that was what was going to happen, but I mean, I did not actually believe it was going to be that sped up. I mean, when he all of a sudden starts moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, oh my goodness, he actually did it. And then more recently, where the declaration by the United States president that Judea and Samaria belongs to Israel. Can you believe that? Judea and Samaria, it doesn't belong to the Palestinians? No, it doesn't. Judea? Jew, Jew? By the way, that's where we get Jew. It's an abbreviated uh, word for Judea. Judea and Samaria is part of Israel. And everybody's like, the international community, this is, this cannot be, this cannot be. By the way, think about this. Would this not to you explain why it is that they want to get rid of Trump so bad? (laughs) This might come as a shock. It's not about Trump. It's about Israel. It's not about even America. It's about Israel. It all comes down to Israel. And if you want to get even more specific, it all comes down to Jerusalem. And when this president does what he does and continues to do, the whole world is going, this guy's got to go and Netanyahu with him, because together they're doing everything that is the opposite of what we are trying to do. And what the Bible says, by the way, they will attempt to do. I know I said it was one last thought, but here's the last, last thought. And I know this is a a gnarly issue, kind of the big elephant in the room, as they say, but there is no America in the pages of Bible prophecy. Something has to happen to the once most powerful nation in the world. There has been, again, much in the way of speculation as to what happens to America. One suggest, uh, suggestion is, and scenario is, that when the rapture happens, it will gut this nation out, rendering her inconsequential. I like that explanation. I sure like it a lot better than North Korea uh, launching a, a real nuclear strike and, and uh, you know taking us out, or Iran, or whoever. That's a very plausible scenario, but the United States of America is not mentioned. Now some suggest that detail in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38 might be a a reference to the United States of America. Possible. Can't be dogmatic about it. We don't know. So what's the answer to our question? What happens next? Well, we know what happens next. What happens next is Damascus is going to be destroyed, and then this alliance of nations are going to move in and invade Israel from Syria, from the north, and they will be defeated, and the world will scream for a leader. That leader will come on the scene, and there will be this seven-year peace agreement. And somewhere in that timeline, we're taken up. We're taken up. Does that make sense? It does to me. You know what that means, right? What that means to us. So your alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning. Here's what I want you to think about it. Could be today. It could be today. That's how imminent the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ is. It could be at any time. I love that word "imminent" because it sounds like what it is. Imminent. Any minute. Any minute. Imminent. minute. Imminent. Okay. That was the last last thing. So. 2020 now will be 17 years since we've been, no, wait, no, pardon me. No, no, no. Oh my goodness, I probably should have thought about that. 14 years, 14 years. For 14 years we've been doing these weekly prophecy updates for 14 years this year. And at the end of every update for the last two of those 14 years, I have sensed from the Lord that it was incumbent upon me to end with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. And an explanation of salvation by way of the childlike simple ABCs of salvation. What is the gospel? The gospel means good news. (laughs) Your debt has been paid, you're free to go. That's what the word gospel means what debt? It's been paid. Yeah, it was paid in full when Jesus came and was crucified and buried and rose again on the third day. And he's coming back for us one day soon and very soon. That's the gospel. Now, what is the invitation and the response to that invitation on the part of every single one of us? That's where the ABCs of salvation comes in. The A is is for admit or acknowledge that you sin and that you need the Savior. If you're watching online and you're watching this video, it's not an accident that you're watching this video, because today is the day of salvation. And maybe some of the things that I've shared have really hit home. And this is God reaching you, with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. This is what repentance basically means in the sense that you acknowledge your sin, and it's a change of mind and a turning from your sin to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. No one is good enough. You might be good, you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. All have sinned, every single one of us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 pronounces the bad news first, the the sentencing phase, if you will, It says, for the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, that God raised Him from the dead. Listen, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the B, and here lastly is the C. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth... Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen. This is my favorite. They're all my favorite, but this is my favorite favorite. <laughs> it seals the deal. For me, 38 years ago, this month, by the way, 38 years ago, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I was the all 38 years ago this month. All, because I'm an all. Aren't you glad it doesn't say a few or some or even most who call? No, it says all. I'm an all. I'm on all. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved.
0: Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, Log on to inspiritandtruthradio.com and select the new believers option. Again, that web address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Now, in the next edition of Inspirit and Truth, Pastor JD will be teaching through God's word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.